This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. All right. First of all, I would like to uh, welcome uh, Torah Anytime joining us on the table. Um, imagine there's like thousands of people in the little camera, you know, just watching, hearing everything you say. Okay, so uh, today we will do uh, continue with dreams. We're going to be doing dreams part two. And we will uh, we'll first start with a small recap uh, of what we did in dreams part one. So Dreams Part 1 was really basically an introduction. What we did was we took science and the Torah and we sort of, uh, not compared, but sort of saw what the difference was. We saw that science has a very big and confusing idea of what's going on with dreams. Uh, Freud is, you know, says dreams can't tell the future. Then scientists said, no, it can't tell the future. And then uh, science is going back and forth and how people remember dreams and what's the memory process behind dreams. So science is, is sort of back and forth. And the Torah says very simply from the, from, uh, from the beginning, which is, you know, actually going to take us the next two classes on exactly what dreams mean. Uh, we also spoke about the difference between dreams between uh, demons versus dreams between angels. And we said one of the main criteria was that if you are, you're dreaming and in your dream you're scared, that is a sign that it's a dream from a demon as opposed to a dream from a angel. Right? Because for the purposes of that God sending you a dream, there's no reason to scare you. It's just information to give you information as opposed to, um, you know, getting you scared in the dream. After the dream, that's something else that you could get scared. You'll wake up and be like, oh, that's, you know, I'm pretty, you know, whatever it is. Why would he? Why would the demons? Yeah. Entertainment. But I'm serious, entertainment. <laughs> that wasn't a joke. That was actually, they enjoy these uh, certain things. Again, but they don't have free will as, you know, um, you know, as, as humans do. But um, they do uh, gain from that type of situations. Never met one, never planned a meeting one, so don't plan on asking one, but that's just the idea. The Torah speaks about it. Okay, so uh, uh, dreams uh, part two. So this is very important. We're going to first speak about the difference between real dreams and fake dreams, right? So there are many people that have dreams. Um, most of the time, dreams are fake, which means is you have nothing to worry about. But there are times that dreams are real. So now we're going to... Uh, basically qualifies what is real versus what is fake. That's a part one. So, the um, first of all, who gets real dreams? The people that get real dreams are the people that are connected more spiritually, higher, closer to God, are the ones that are going to get more uh, real dreams and more true dreams, which obviously makes sense. The um, I'm going to give you a list of things now that are going to tell you the difference if it's real or if it's fake. However, if you have one, it doesn't necessarily, or even multiple of it, it doesn't necessarily mean that, oh, it's for sure real. It's more likely that it will be real. Okay, so we're clear with that. It's not that it's for sure. It's more likely. Again, we're, in our day and age, our knowledge of dreams as, as well as our knowledge in, in the secrets of the Torah has very, very much diminished from what it used to be. So number one is if you dream on Shabbat, it's more likely to be true, right? If you dream on Shabbat. If in the dream you know it's a dream, also more likely to be true. So it means that you're dreaming, and many people have this. You're dreaming and you're like, you know it's a dream and you're going to start flying, or you're going to start doing whatever it is that you're going to do. That is more likely that it's true. If a dream bothers you, you wake up in the morning and it really bothers you, whatever it is, it's also a sign that it is uh, true. That's number three already. If a dream happens in the early morning hours, which means is, is that you wake up, it's like 6 a.m., the sun is up, and it, you know it's, it's closer to the morning, that is, again, also more likely to be true, as opposed to if, let's say, you dreamt right when you fell asleep, and you woke up like an hour later. Because of the RAM and the sun? No, no. RAM is, is, is science. Science originally said that you only dream in the REM sleep, and now they're changing that also. They're saying, no, it's possible that you dream in, not, in, in non-REM cycles of, uh, of sleep. So... Um, the next thing is, there's a few things that the Gemara and Bachot speaks about that says, another true dream is your friend dreams about you. 
which means that they come to you and be like, oh, I had a certain dream about you. That is also a sign that it's also a real dream. And also, if in the dream, they interpret the dream for you. So they'll tell you a dream, and in the dream, they'll say, oh, by the way, they might not, you know, give you a chart and be like, okay, so this is what we're talking about. This is what you dreamt over here, and this is what's going to really happen. But they sort of, you sort of wake up, you'll be like, oh, I, that was a weird dream. I saw a mouse climbing up a rope, but I know what it means. Right? So they interpret it for you. Sorry, question. Uh-huh. Going back to what you said about the friend, it's if the friend just tells you that she had a dream, or in your dream, your friend told you that no, she had a dream? No, no, no. Yeah, so, good, good, uh, so it's your friend has a dream about you. Okay. Not, not in your dream, because then in your dream, then your friend, true. then it's more likely to be true. I had a dream about my friend who was getting married. Is it more likely that it's true? Possibly. The question is, is getting married in a dream a good sign? Stay tuned for the interpretations for next week. You'll see. Am I going to mm-hmm. speak about that? Mm-hmm. Now we'll have to. Mm-hmm. Well, it hasn't happened yet. It's been a while. Depends. Uh, uh, we'll speak about it next week because it'll depend on what exactly you saw in the um, what part of the marriage ceremony you saw. So uh, depends if it's you know there's certain parts that is a good dream and certain parts that's a bad dream. It just saw her without the groom. Okay, so that's yeah. That's so more good than bad. Um, or wishful thinking. So, and anyways, we'll speak about it soon also. That um, it, and the, the next thing is a real dream is if the dream repeats itself. Sometimes it keeps on coming back again and again and again and again, right? And this you have to discern there are certain people that have, let's say, post-traumatic stress disorder, which let's say they've been in the army and they keep on having this recurring things. That's, some, that's, we're talk, that's a different uh, situation. I'm talking about something that you don't have this great fear of and this great, but it keeps on coming back the same, uh, the same dream again and again. Also more likely that it is real. Uh, and okay, and then we'll speak about there's certain things that are fake, and we'll speak about uh, uh, um, that in a few minutes. That's clear. All those things. Okay. You want me to go really quickly through it? Okay. So uh, if you dream on Shabbat, more like I'm just real. These are more likely real. Dream on Shabbat. In the dream, you know it's a dream. If uh, the dream bothers you, if you dream in the early morning hours, if your friend dreams about you, if you in the dream you get interpreted the, what the dream meant, and a dream that repeats itself. If you have a dream early in the morning, it's real? More likely to be real. Wow. Yeah, more likely to be real. Like Mama Bachot speaks about that. Notice that I'm saying more likely pretty often. So I hope that you understand what we're talking about here, right? Because then the people are going to start opening up shop dream interpretations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When do you dream? They follow this questionnaire and then we'll figure out, you know, what the... So, so uh, um, yeah, that's more likely that's real. If it bothers you and what else? There's a lot more else. Depends on what you got. Post-traumatic. Post-traumatic. We'll talk. We'll talk about that soon. This other time. Um, okay. So there are there are uh, people that they dream about what they thought about during the day. Those dreams mean nothing, right? So if let's say you go gown shopping for uh, your friend's wedding, right, and then you dream of you in a gown and walking down the chupa or whatever it is, dancing, you know, with the the man of your dreams, right? That dream means nothing. Right, because you're thinking about all day. Right, the same idea as whoever is, let's say, uh, you know, working like 12 hours a day, and all they're thinking about is work. And then they dream about making more deals and more sales and more things like that. You're in school, and all you're dreaming about is uh, all you think about all day is studying for your finals. And then you you dream about your finals. Those are all nonsense, are fake. You have nothing to worry about. Right. All the more so, also, especially if we're going to speak about it when we get to the nightmares. That if somebody has certain nightmares, if they thought about during the day, then again, it means nothing. So the. the Gemara says that uh, there was uh, it was actually two stories. There's a Gemara in Brachot that says that once uh, this uh, the Persian it was actually the the uh, the Kesar, he was he the, once a, a ruler came over to the rabbi and says you say that the wise people are smarter and wiser than prophets. 
So he says, tell me what I'm going to dream tonight. So the, the rabbi said, he says that the people that you're fighting against, which are the, are the Persians, they're going to force you to serve their king and graze their cattle, their disgusting cattle, with a golden staff. And this ruler thought about it all day. He's like, what? How dare they? Are they going to serve me? Are they going to? He thought about it all day nonstop. And that night, guess what? That's what he dreamt about because he thought about it all day. And the same story repeated itself uh, by, uh, you know, by the Persian king. The Persian king came over to another rabbi and says, tell me what I'm going to dream about tonight. So he said, the Romans, who he was fighting with, are going to catch you. And they're going to make you grind dates with a gold grinder. So he thought about it all day. He's like, well, a gold grinder. And he's thinking about it nonstop. And again, that's what he dreamt about. Right? So we see from here is that if you think about something during the day, it's what you're going to dream about during the night. And again, those things mean absolutely nothing. The Chafetz Chaim, which is a very big rabbi, um, who passed away in the early part of the 19th uh, century, 1900s. So uh, that's probably the 20th century then. So uh, he says that, he actually says that one time he wakes up in the morning and he tells one of his students and he says, uh, we have to do a annulment of dreams. It's called the Tavat Chalam. We'll speak about it hopefully today later on. So they do a, a annulment of the dreams, which means is, is that he had a bad dream and he wanted to sort of annul it. So afterwards, one of his students came over to him and says, Rabbi, what did you dream? What was, uh, you know, what was it so bad? So he said, the rabbi said, I dreamt that I was wealthy. So you know, like, what's so bad about that? You know, if, if a big rabbi has money, what is he going to do, right? He's not going to buy a Lamborghini, right? He's going to cruise to sh- into Sheer with his uh, Lamborghini. He's not going to do that. He's talking about the biggest <laughs> rabbi in the world, right? What, what is he going to do with money? He's going to start donating it to everybody, everybody who needs it. So what's the big problem? And the thing that bothered him was, it says that if I dreamt about money, it must be that I've been thinking about money during the day. And that's not good. Why am I thinking about money? I should be thinking about connecting to God. Why am I thinking about all these things? So that's what bothered him, and that's why he wanted to do the Tabat Chalom. So there is... Uh, there's even though the dream was positive. Yeah, that, it wasn't the idea of the dream. It was the idea that led to the dream. Because the dream means... yeah. So there was... Um, there's also something interesting that even, let's say, you, you have dreams, we're going to speak about, that are, that are fake. That are... They mean nothing. It still tells you something about yourself. The Ramak says that you could have certain dreams. Let's say you thought about something all day. But if you dream about that, it sort of tells you what's going on inside of you, right? In Hebrew, whoever speaks Hebrew, <coughs> chalom is a dream. Chalon is a window, right? The difference is in like an N and an M, if we could uh, change it, in the end of the word. Chalon is a window, chalom is a, is a dream. Why, what's the connection? Is that the chalon, a, a window, I'm sorry, chalom, a dream, is the window to the soul. It tells you what's going on inside. So if you dream, you wake up and you dream about robbing a bank, and you're, you know, and this happens, you know, a few times a week, then you have some serious issues to deal with, you know, like why are you robbing banks in your dream, right? Or if you're dreaming that you're murdering people, whatever it is, right? Or, you know, animal brutality, whatever it is that you're dreaming, it tells you what's going on inside, right? So it also, even though it might be fake, it might not happen, and it's completely, you know, but it still tells you something about yourself. There, um, there, I guess to explain now the difference between, um, there was, this is probably one of the most hardest parts it was from when I uh, put together the, these uh, classes and the classifications between real and fake dreams because there's so many rabbis that they have their interpretation. So what I did was, was I took a bunch of the rabbis and I sort of made a one nice challenge, one big uh, mix-up and I'm going to try to give you sort of everything they say in a, in a, or most of them, what they say in, a, in a, something that's systematic and easy to understand. So first of all, there are fake dreams and there are real dreams. So we spoke a little bit about what constitutes real dreams. Now, fake dreams. Fake dreams, we said already, that's something that you think about all day. Additionally, <laughs> besides that, if let's say there is something that you, uh, you know, uh, had a big meal before you went to sleep, right? If you had a big meal and you fell asleep, that also can af- affect the dreams that you have. There are certain uh, vapors that, that go out of your, out of the food when, when, it, when you start ingesting it. Those vapors go and they can rise into your brain and cause you doing weird dreams, right? The, the Rav Nachman, our blesses, 
the Rab Nachman Mibreslev, says in Lekutei Moaran, 19, I believe, that he says that every food has a certain letter to it. And the way, the order that you're going to eat the food is going to depend on the type of dreams that you have. So, for example, let's say you eat chicken and rice. It's going to, the type of dream that you're going to have is going to be associated with the vapors that are associated with that chicken and that rice. It's fake. Yeah, yeah fake. Those are fake. <laughs> so not only that, it also depends on the order that you, that you drink, that you ate them, right? Which means is that if you ate the chicken first and then you ate the rice, it's very different from that if you ate the rice first and then the chicken, right? The bottom line is, is that there are certain, if you go out to sleep, right, which the Rambam says, Maimonides says, he was uh, which one of the most famous doctors, right, he said that it's not healthy to go to sleep on a full stomach, right? We'll see if the nutritionist uh, speaks about that, right? He's supposed to go, he's supposed to, he's supposed to wait at least like two to three hours, right, before you fall asleep because it's not healthy. So uh, the, the, if you do eat a big meal and you go to sleep and you have this wacky dream, most likely, especially in the beginning of the night, most likely it's fake. Now, of the real dreams, there is, besides the fact that a dream could be real, there's also another factor that has to come into play, and that's the interpretations, right? The Gemara says, The dreams go after the mouth, which means is that the way that it's interpreted is the way that it comes uh, true. Now, this is a whole class in itself, which we're going to speak about the interpretations of dream, but uh, uh, the general concept is is that the way that it gets interpreted is the way that it comes true. But you can't just start like, well, I dreamt about this. Well, I'm getting married next week, next month. You know, usually interpreting everything randomly. It has to be according to the, you know, to the factors that, that come into play. There is um, the Yosef, when he had his dream, he dreamt that, you know, he, he saw symbolically his brothers and his parents bowing down to him, right? When he went over and he told his brothers this dream, they said, uh, you know, it, the, 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 the Pasuk says, you know, which means is you're going to rule over us. It's like, what do you, you, know, you think you're going to rule over us? He was the youngest one. What are you ruling over us? So the obvious question is, is they just interpreted the dream for him. He said a dream, they interpreted it. Why did they interpret it that, you know, and that's why it happened. He ruled over them. And that's why it came true, because they... So that's one, well, there's one opinion that says that's why it came true, because they interpreted it. So now the obvious question is, you're talking about the 12 tribes, right, which were geniuses in the Torah. So how, did they not know that dreams go after the interpretations? But rather, they did know. But they were mistaken, is that they thought that this was a fake dream. They thought that he was thinking about this all day. He was daydreaming all day about ruling over them. So they thought it was a fake dream. A fake dream interpretation doesn't mean anything. So go, you think you're going to rule over us? You think you're going to do that? Said, you're not going to happen because it's something that you're just, you know, thinking about all day. However, they were mistaken that it was a real dream. And a real dream they interpreted and it came true that it, he, they ended up bowing down to them and they, he ended up ruling all, all, over them. Now the thing is also that you have to come into, uh, into understanding is, so you have over here, you know, real dreams and fake dreams. And I said most dreams are fake dreams. So now, but you still shouldn't take and be like, okay, whatever, you know, it means nothing. Don't worry about it. It doesn't, you know, every dream is, 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 uh, is nonsense and I don't have to worry about anything. There was once a, um, the, the, in the time of the Ben Ishchai, which you're talking about a huge, huge rabbi, Kabbalist, unbelievable, uh, you know, on unbelievable heights, um, lived in, uh, in Baghdad. So he, one time had a very interesting question that came to him. So the backstory was that there was once a guy that was a grave digger. And one day he was, uh, digging grave. And as he's digging the grave, now, you know, it was a very popular, you know, cemetery. So everybody was very close to each other. So he was digging a grave and he was digging it very close to the plot right next to, right next to it. Right next to the other person that passed away. And as he's digging, you know, he's getting really close. And suddenly, you know, the, like a hand like flings out into his side of the grave. Right? So he, like, he sees a hand like pop out. So he quickly, like, you know, takes it, shoves it back in, you know, Pats it with dirt so they could put the new body in there without seeing somebody else's hand, you know, transparencing over the, t- the territory. It was like, what is this, you know, holding me all the whole, uh, throughout, uh, until resurrection. So, uh, he shoved it back in. Thought nothing of it. That night he goes to sleep. He has a very interesting dream. 
A woman comes over to the dream and she's like, you know, she's really upset at him. She's like, how dare you do this to me? How dare you do this? He's like, he's like, you know, who are you? He's like, I've never seen you before in my life. And she starts saying, he's like, no man has ever touched me except for my husband or my father. And he's like, you know, excuse me, I, I, I've never seen you before in my life. I've definitely never touched you before in my life. I don't know what you want from me. And she was like, today, today, in the grave, you touched me. And he's like, he's like, what are you, he's like, what are you talking about? I touched you. Okay. He's like, ah, this is a fake dream. In his dream, he's like, ah, whatever, it means nothing. And she's like, I was like, ah, no, it doesn't mean nothing. He says, I'm summoning you to court in heaven. So, right, which is not something you want to really get in a dream ever, right? So then he's, then she's, then he says, he's, he's a smart guy. He's like, oh yeah, well, I'm summoning you to court in, in earth. So she says, make all the jokes you want. Tomorrow you're coming here. And, uh, so that he wakes up and, you know, his wife sees that he's, something is a little bit off. She's like, oh, is everything okay? She's like, yeah, I had this like weird dream. I'm sure it's nothing, but you know, it just, you know, bothered me a little bit. So she's like, you know, please share. So he's like, eh, no, it's nothing, right? But she pushed him, and so he, he told her the dream. And she's like, listen, that dream doesn't sound so fake. Maybe go to the big rabbi and maybe, you know, tell him what happened. So he said no, she said yes, so he went. And he goes and to the rabbi, and he tells the rabbi, listen, I had a bad dream, uh, but I'm sure it's nothing, I'm sure it's fake, I'm sure, you know, it's nothing. But my wife wants me to come tell you, you know, how does that man feel, you know, it's like... You know, my, you know, my wife came and told me to get this list of things in the grocery, you know, where can I find all these things, you know, these items, right? I mean, men are sort of like a little puppy that follows whatever the woman tells me to do. Which, by the way, which tells you that you have a lot of power. You have a lot of power to, you know, direction of which way your husband's going to go to. So anyways, he goes and the, and the rabbi says, tell me the dream. So he tells him the dream and the rabbi gets really serious. And he says, uh, what was the name of the woman on the grave? So he tells, him, tells her the name and he's like, he's like, oh, he's like, uh, and, you know, he's, like, shaking his head, so he's like, you know, well, what's the problem? He says, listen, against this woman, I can't do anything against her. He's like, what do you mean? So he, he tells her, he's like, this woman was one of the, the most righteous women in Baghdad. And he's like, okay, so, well, you know, I could go home, nothing. And the rabbi says, no, listen, listen, uh, you know, this, there's nothing that I can do. And then he starts getting really nervous, like, what, do you, what does that mean? He says, does that mean what she, you know, he couldn't even finish the sentence. So the rabbi said, listen, you know, uh, you know we'll say Kaddish for you. We'll learn for you. What do we want? And he's like, are you, he was like, what are you, are you serious? And the rabbi said, listen, I can't, I have no jurisdiction over her. She was an unbelievably holy lady. If that's what she did, I, I can't uh, say anything. And the story goes on, he died that day. He died that day, and, and who knows what happened when he went into the next world. So even though most dreams are fake, don't just dismiss everything as nonsense as, you know, most of them are. Most of them, and in general, are. But we'll speak about the nightmares and bad dreams and how to, uh, how to deal with them. So now, yeah. How's that fair? What's 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 how's what fair? It was his job. He saw the hand. He put it back. You have to have respect for the dead. It's a very very big. It's kavod amet. Is a very respectfully do something, and he didn't do it respectfully. Nobody gets nobody gets taken up early, or it will, it's always by your time. You don't get punished for something which is like it's not fair, or the the very famous philosophical Israeli statement is zelofer, right? which means it's not fair, it should not be ever in, in a vocabulary. There's no such thing as it's not fair. If it happened, there must have been a reason for it. Which means is, if God sent this situation to that person, then that is the best thing that could have happened for that person. There's no such thing as, oh, maybe it you know, really didn't deserve it. Really didn't. Absolutely not. Obviously, it had to happen. And Kavodamet, to have honor for, for the dead is a very, very, uh, you know, it's a very serious thing. Because she didn't put her hand back. Respectfully. He put her hand back. How do you do it respectfully versus how he did it? Like 
Cemetery 101. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, after first ask me, Hila, you're not allowed to, you know, there's, it's a big thing also. You can't just uncover somebody. If let's say you want to move a grave from one place to another, it's not so simple that you just pick it up and just move it. Especially in Israel. Israel, there's no coffin. In America, they make you have a coffin because of the law. But even in America, there's a hole on the bottom that it's open a little bit. It's because of the, so, so that the worms could get in, basically. the laws. I would hope so. I don't know, uh, you know, I can't, I can't, uh, tell you. Who, you would hope so, yeah. But uh, again, get punished as much if he yeah. Then there's a shogeg, right? By accident or something else. But that's also, you know, there are many people that th- mistakenly think that okay, if I don't want to know anything about Shabbat because then I'm not going to keep it anyway. So then, if I know about it, it's going to be even worse. You know, that's the that's like the dumbest thing. It's like I don't want to know if this is going to kill me. This cup of poison. So just don't tell me. And then I won't know. It doesn't matter. It's going to kill you regardless of whether you know it or not. So the same idea is that people think that they're going to push away the fact of them not knowing the laws of the Torah, that it's not going to bother them so much, right? There is a certain idea of it, you know, but, you know, in the, in the majority of cases, people are very mistaken, think that they have an excuse. But, but, like, some people, let's say, caring, some people go by that and some people don't. Right. So then, so then you have something to rely on. So then... By carrying, it's okay. Yeah, if you hold according to the rabbis that carry, then the, by all means carry. There are many, there are many, um, you know, Hasidim that carry. Right. In ballpark, everyone carries. But if you listen to your rabbi that told you to carry, you have to listen to him when he tells you anything. Yeah, yeah. Don't go start shopping around. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like what you say over here. I have this reform person that I know. is a woman, uh, Rabbi but, Ellen. But come. obviously, yeah. Hasidim don't have a reform rabbi. Yes, yes, yes. So you, you have something to. That. You have something to rely on. Generally, most people do not carry in Flatbush. That's a general consensus. However, there are people that do. And there is something to, you know, rely on, I guess you could say, depending on, you know, depending on you. You have to figure out what the, um, but most, most, most rabbis, most big rabbis would, they say better not to. Okay. So now, the, where are we? Oh. So now we spoke about real dreams. Now, of the real dreams, we're gonna split a little bit of here, so over here. Of the real dreams, there are, uh, prophetic dreams, and there are just general real dreams. Now, I'll explain the difference. The um, a, prof- a dream of a prophet, as an example, is a dream of Jacob, or the dream of Daniel or Solomon. The ordinary dreams are dreams of Joseph, and we're going to explain this. The dream of Pha- uh, Pharaoh, the chief uh, cup bearer, and the baker, and Avimelech. Those dreams are real dreams versus prophetic dreams. Now, what's the difference? First of all, a prophetic dream only comes to the righteous, right? Somebody who's Mechalal Shabbat can forget about getting a prophetic dream, Right? Unless maybe, uh, you know, like a Bilam situation. If, uh, 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 how do you discern if it's a prophetic dream versus a regular dream? And when I say regular dream, I mean a real regular dream, not like a fake one. A prophetic dream has God's name in, uh, like, mentioned in the, in the, in the actual dream, right? It's not, so the idea is that the Torah, for example, Yaakov. Yaakov, it says, Vinei Hashem nitzav alaf. It says, and God was standing over him. God was in the dream. God, so when you have that, that's a prophetic dream. As opposed to all the other dreams in the Torah, while they are real, they are not prophetic. Now, what is Which the difference? One is the real dream? dream all the, the all the, so Paro's dream was a real dream. Not a prophetic dream, but a real dream. The, all the, the, you know, the, you know, Yosef, the Avimelech. You have the... I thought Yosef was prophetic. No, Yaakov was prophetic. Yaakov was prophetic. This is who, this is according to Absalomo al-Moli. Right? So, now, the, the, additionally, that, the, that makes a difference on the impression that it makes on the person. Which means, if a person remembers a dream so vividly, like he was awake, and he never forgets it, that's a prophetic dream. As opposed to, over time he forgets it, it gets blurry, he wakes up, doesn't, or she wakes up, not so familiar about everything, that is, uh, a, a, it's possible that it's real, but it's not prophetic. The next thing, the next difference is, is that 
in a in a prophetic dream, the the dream may be given in a parable or in a um, you know symbolic form, but right away the the person that's dreaming knows exactly what it means. So not only was it interpreted, but it was given like to the T exactly. He knows what everything is talking about. So prophetic dream means that the person that's dreaming it knows exactly the interpretation of what will happen. Yes, mm-hmm. but all the criteria, not just one. Of them, not just one. Remember, we said before, there's more likely to be real. A prophetic dream has all these criteria, and and lastly is that in a prophetic dream, there's nothing nonsense in the dream. Everything is true in that dream. Okay, so the now what happens if you get a dream that keeps on coming back? What does that mean? That it keeps on coming back again and again and again and again. So if it keeps on coming back. It could mean one of two things, and it depends how it comes back. If it comes back exactly the same, that you see it every single time, exactly, exactly the same, all it's doing is it's validating, it's it's telling you its veracity, how that it's real. Like, stop ignoring it, this is something you have to deal with, right? Which shows that it's real. However, if it comes back with every time a little bit of different, uh, you know, variance, there's something different in this dream and there's something different in the dream, you have the same basic idea of the dream again and again, but every time there's something else. So that type of uh, that type of dream is is not only telling you that it's true, but it's also telling you that every time you can interpret it differently. That's giving you basically additional pieces of information. Make sense? Okay. So the that's basically the the, the details. Now let, let's summarize what we're talking, what uh, what we what we said up here. So first of all, you can have fake dreams. Fake dreams again. We said if you think about it all day, or if you uh, ate a big meal and you are exhausted and you fell asleep, you went in a crazy hike and you're you're you know you didn't stop walking all day and you fall asleep and that from exhaustion. Those dreams are fake and they have nothing to worry about. Then you have a prophetic dream, right? Which we saw spoke about. Then you have a real dream, which goes after the interpretation, which means it depends how you interpret it. And then you have a dream that uh, we spoke about in the first class, which is based off demons, right? And the uh, uh, the dreams from demons, it depends, right? Sometimes it can have truth in it. Most of the time, it does not have truth in it. Okay. So the uh, but the Zohar says does say that the majority of the dreams are vanity, which means they are you don't have uh, to worry about it. Now here's an interesting question I get a lot: What happens if you don't dream? Right? Some people say I haven't dreamed since I was twelve. You know. Um, so there's two things there. First of all, the, we spoke about in the, the, the science perspective of it is that you dream, it doesn't always necessarily mean that you'll remember it, right? So, uh, but the, the Torah says if you don't, the Gemara says if you don't dream for seven days, it's not a good sign. Now what, what's the problem of not dreaming in seven days? So the Vilna Gaon explains, he explains it beautifully. He says, uh, life is like a dream. And he says, well, how do you explain it? How do you explain that? If, let's say you're dreaming. And in your dream, you are, you know, flying. Right? I like using this example because I think it's very, like, out of it. Right? So in your dream, you're, you're flying. And then you land, and you can't take off again. And you're trying to fly again. Right? I'm not talking about flying an airplane. And I'm not talking about doing it. You're just like Superman. Like, you know? Stick a fist up, and then it just, uh, just takes you wherever you point. So if you, in the dream, you're like, I don't understand why I can't fly. And it's really troubling you. You'll be like, I, you know, I just landed. Why can't I get back up? You know, all the dragons are coming after me now. How come I can't escape? Right? And you're, you can't understand what's going on. And it's really bothering you. And then suddenly you wake up and you're like, oh, of course I can't fly because it was a dream. It's a fake. It's all fake. The same idea is you have to realize how this world is. This world, you think there's so many things that are real. You think, oh, you know, money is real and this is real and this and uh, clothing and you have to buy this and nice house, nice cars, nice all these things. You think all these things are real and you go after all these things. And then suddenly there's a day comes when you die. And that day comes when you die, you suddenly, you sort of like wake up and be like, what? That was all a dr- That was all fake? It's like all the things that I pursued made absolutely no difference and actually, you know, it didn't make a difference. It didn't matter. I chased after the wrong things. I didn't spend time with my family. I didn't achieve, you know, the spirituality that I needed to. I didn't do good. I didn't give charity. I didn't do all these things. Meanwhile, you chased all the fake stuff. That's the same idea how a person has to feel. A person has to feel that life is like a dream, right? We say, we say this in, 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 in uh, the high holidays. 
The life is like a dream. Life is like a dream. You have to realize that suddenly you're going to wake up and you're going to realize that, you know, you wasted a lot, a lot of time and you have nothing to say for it, right? And everything that you chased afterwards just fake, just like a dream. The, um, they explain it also a little bit in addition. There was in the story of Yosef. So whoever doesn't know the story of Yosef, Yosef was a, one, of the, one of the 12 tribes. He got sold by his brothers Two Arabs, and the Arabs went, and they, and he eventually ended up in prison. Long story short, big twist, he becomes second to the king, right? And he rules over the entire kingdom. Now, his brothers, it was, it was a, it was a, um, um, what? Famine, thank you. It was a famine, and they came, and they needed food. So they met, they stood in front of him. And the brothers are standing in front of the, of the brother that they sold, but they don't recognize him because they sold him when he was very young. Now he's older, he sold him when he was 17. Now he's an older man, and they didn't recognize him. And then, Afterwards, the whole story goes uh, goes uh, forward, and he tells them. He says, "Ani Yosef, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive?" And the brothers were shocked. They couldn't. They, they didn't. Even, it was just like a slap in the face. They'd be like, "How is that possible?" They thought he for sure died, or for sure was like, you know, they never thought that he would be second to the king, right? The same thing happens when a person dies. When a person dies, he's gonna. They're gonna go up, and they're gonna say, you know, they meet God, and God say, "I am God. What did you do?" And you're going to be speechless. You're not going to be able to say anything. That, this is the idea that, that if somebody does, that Vilna Gohan explains, that if somebody doesn't have a dream and seven days is a bad sign, you have to realize that life is like a dream. Okay. Seven days. The Gemara says, yeah. Okay. What if they don't remember like this? How would you know if you did it? Right. So that's a whole different discussion in itself. Which, uh, you know, yeah. So, so let's say, generally, the, well, the way that science explains it is that how do you remember dreams? If you wake up more frequently in the night, you are more likely to remember dreams. People that sleep straight through the night without waking up are less likely to remember dreams. Is that what the Torah says? You know, the Torah doesn't speak about waking up in the middle of the night. The Torah says that you dream and you dream. That's it. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. But any case, let's move forward. So the, um, we, we spoke about, I think we brought up the, this question once, is that somebody, someone had a dream about his friend. And, he t- and in his dream, he told his friend that he won the lottery. I, I'm sorry, in the dream, he had a dream that his friend won the lottery. So he goes over to him the next day and says, hey, listen, buddy, um, I had a crazy dream last night that you won the lottery. So his friend's like, oh, really? That's pretty cool. You know, and then the next day he's walking and he's passing by this lotto store and he's like, you know what? He had a dream. Let me try. Can't hurt. Pays a buck, he gets the, the lottery. And a few days later, he finds out that he won. He actually won the lottery. And he goes and, you know, he's like, he's going crazy. You know, like his whole life is changing. So his friend, you know, hears about it. And you know what happens? All of a sudden, you get a lot of new friends when you come to money, right? Everyone comes to be, oh, you remember me from third grade? Um, and so you, he comes to be like, oh, finder's fee. Listen, I told you about the dream. Give me maybe a little cut. So he's like, I don't know. It was just a dream, you know? I probably would have won either way. And they were going back and forth. No, you have to give me something. He's like, no, I don't have to give you anything. So they brought this to the rabbis. They brought this to court. And uh, they said, you know, what is a person supposed to do? He admitted. He said, listen, he told me before I bought the lottery that I'm going to win. And that's why I went to buy the lottery. Do I have to go and give him uh, some money? So the court ruled that he does not have to give him any money. He does not have to give him any money, but it'd be nice to, you know, give him something. Give him, you know, like, a, like you know, something, uh, you know, something a little bit. He doesn't have to give him half. doesn't give him any percentage or in any means, form or way. But he should uh, give him something if he wants to. So... The rule is, is that in dreams, there's a very big back and forth, uh, you know, does it go according to halakha, which means is, can you dream something and be like, okay, well, I had this dream, so that's from now on, this is how we're going to do things, right? So, very, you, usually, we don't do it that way, right? We can't do it that way. Now, 
there was once somebody that had a dream that in his dream his father came over to him and he said he hid money and he hid a certain amount of money, he told him the amount of money, he told him where it's hidden and then he added to him, by the way, this money belongs to charity, doesn't belong to you. Right in the time of the, uh, of the um, Beth HaMikdash. So he goes over to a rabbi. He, first of all, he goes, he actually finds the money, the same amount, in the place that his father told him in the dream. And right? the father passed away. So he goes to the rabbi and he says, listen, I found this, and I, do I have to give this charity? Everything in his dream was, was, was real, right? The money was there, the amount there was, the location was there. Do I have to now go and give this money to charity? And the rabbi ruled, you don't. You don't have to give it to charity. And the reason is because every dream has some nonsense into it. And you don't know, maybe that's the part that's nonsense. In halakha, we don't take stuff from dreams, right? We can't say, okay, you had this dream, from now on, this is kosher. That's it, because you dreamt that it's kosher. It doesn't work that way. Now, the, uh, there is something very interesting that, um, and again, it's a, you have to have a, a strong background in, in halakha for this, so bear with me for two minutes. There, there is a law that if somebody makes a vow in a dream, when he wakes up, he should annul that vow. Now, the obvious question is that I just told you that dreams mean, you know, most, you know, there's, you, you don't base anything on of dreams. And now you're telling me, well, I'm telling you, that dreams, if you dream in a, in a vow, you have to annul it. So what's going on over here? So, the Tashpetz in Chalik Bet Kuf Chav Chet right? Which I'm sure means nothing to you, but maybe somebody else would actually, uh, you know, want to look it up. There's a difference between if you have something that you make forbidden versus a monetary, right? It's a, it's a, um, uh, there's an isul, that's something that's forbidden, and you have a monetary problem, right? So now, what's the difference? So, safek, if, if you're not sure if something's forbidden or not, what do you do? You don't do anything, right? Safek isul which means is if you're not sure if something's not allowed or not, you don't do it. Now, be like, oh, let me try it, and I'll find out. If it's not kosher, whatever, Yom Kippur will come, right? You don't, you don't touch it if you're not sure. Now, that, so, so if, let's say, you have a dream, and in your dream you're making a vow, it doesn't hurt anything to just get, go on all the vow. It makes no difference. However, if, let's say, you dream about a monetary value, right? The laws of monetary value is, which means is if I come to this person, and I say, uh, you owe me money, so who is, I have to prove that he owes me money. Not, he doesn't have to prove that he doesn't owe me money, right? The proof of burden is on me. Make sense? Right? As opposed to, I, I say you owe me money, okay, now you tell me that you don't. No, 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 you have to prove first that you owe me money. Right? So, this is a very big difference. If let's say you have a dream, it says, oh, this guy owes me money. But like, oh, it doesn't work that way. What do you mean? Just because you had a dream, you owe money, they think he's going to pay you? Then you could say, okay, well, it's $5. But what happens when I had a dream that's $10 million? Right? So, for that aspect, we don't go according to, um, uh, in halakha, dreams. Now, to explain this back and forth, uh, the Rabbi Mordechai Becher, I think, explains it very, very beautifully. He says that, there was once a rabbi that somebody came over to him and said if this is kosher or not. And he says it's kosher. That night he had a dream that the prophet of Eliyahu, Elijah the prophet, came into the dream and offered him a nice plate of bugs. Right? A nice Chinese delicacy. And he tells him, uh, enjoy. So he's like, oh, you're going to feed me stuff that's not kosher? So they answered him back. They said, oh, is it any more kosher than the thing that you told him yesterday? I mean, today, that this Jew, you, he came over with the food and you said that it's not kosher? So it's just like this is not kosher, that's also not kosher. So he woke up really nervous, and he re- basically opened the case. He said that he opened up the case and said, "Listen, he said he realized that the, what he told that person that day was kosher was really not kosher, right?" And he goes and he and he basically resigns his his uh, his, uh, um, his the law, and he says it's not kosher. So he says in this aspect, you could use the the dreams for alachan, not which means it's not to base anything off it, but rather you could use it to sort of uh, you know reopen the case and say, okay, maybe I overlooked something. Does that make sense? A little bit. Forbidden, yeah. Okay. Now, how long should somebody wait for a dream? If, let's say someone had a great dream, right? How long do you have to wait for that to be fulfilled? So, the, um, 
the, the Yosef's dream took 22 years for, for it to be fulfilled, right? He was 17 years old when he had the dream. When he was 30, which is 13 years later, he stood in front of Paro. Then came another 7 years of famine, and then a 2 years of plenty, which is a total of 9 years. 9 plus 13 is 22. He, when he had the dream, it took 22 years for him to actually come to dream into fruition. Which means, let's say you have an amazing dream. That it's real, it's vivid, everything matches the real. And you'd be like, well, it didn't happen yet. So you could wait up to 22 years for it to come true. Right? So maybe in 22 years, your friend's going to get married. Hopefully sooner. So, now... There was once, uh, there was once uh, somebody that went over to Rabbi Chaim Kanevsky, and he had a dream on Rosh Hashanah, which was, the, you know, the high holidays, right? The day that you, it's decreed of what's going to be for the entire year. And in the dream, he was told that he was going to die this year. And this is a guy that's completely secular, right? There are people that are completely secular, and then there are people that are anti, you know, Judaism and anti-everything, right? He was against, uh, completely against everything. Rabbi Chaim Kanievsky? Rabbi Chaim was the rabbi that he went to. The, not this, he wasn't the, the dreamer, he was the, this person went over to this rabbi. But he's religious. Yeah, yeah, he was the, per, he was the rabbi, the other person had a dream, oh, okay. and it came over to him, yeah. So the other person had, had this dream, he comes over to the rabbi, he says, listen, he says, I am very scared, I have, uh, you know, I had a dream, and in my dream they <laughs> told him that he's going to die, he's not going to live out the year. So the rabbi asked him a few details, and he says, um, listen, uh, you have to do tshuva. He so, said that it's a prophetic dream does not come to somebody who doesn't keep tshuva. So not, not uh, right, so it could be a real dream. Real dreams can still come true. So the prophetic dream is very rare, but real dreams is very common. It's different. Real, so it could still come true. So this person, yeah. I don't really understand the difference between a real or a fake dream. Like, I understand how you can... Find out what the difference is between the two. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the definition of a fake dream? Fake dream means that it won't happen. It doesn't. You don't have anything to worry about. It. It's not going to come true. There's no. Uh, there's nothing. It's nonsense. It's basically your own thoughts going through your mind, and it doesn't mean anything. Oh, I see. So you have nothing to basically worry about. It's isn't more it? about your psyche. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Ahead. Exactly. Um, how do you tell the difference between a real dream and a prophetic? So it has to, the prophetic dream has five specific criteria. So if it has God's name mentioned in it, if it's uh, you know the if it's you know so clear, let's if you're awake, uh, you know the and the five things that we spoke about earlier. Those those five things are are specifically for uh, prophetic dreams. That all of them are and it comes interprets in the dream. Everything comes all of them. You know, as opposed to a, a real dream could have one or two of those. Prophetic dream are, are is is all it's. Um, okay, never mind. And, Let's go, you sure? And prophetic dream, it will surely happen. Prophetic dream, yes. Not like you can change the inter- interpretation. Right. A real dream also will definitely happen. Depending on the interpretation. You can manipulate that a little bit. And if you're in... in a little bit. Like fake dreams, they don't happen, right? No, the fake dreams mean nothing. But, but like... Daydreams also mean nothing, by the way. Let's say somebody's having like a real dream, but it's like something that's kind of like a little bizarre. Right, so there's always, in real dreams, there's always something nonsense in it. As opposed to a prophetic dream, everything is real. Real dreams have some weird stuff going on. And somebody who's very well versed in these can figure out and could say, okay, this part doesn't mean anything, this is whatever nonsense, right? You riding on a unicorn means absolutely nothing. But then you saw this, this is, you know, this is, this is possible. So it doesn't mean that if you see a dream that everything is going to come true. What if that bizarre thing is something that's consistent? It's so then it's right? symbolic. Usually it's symbolic, so it, it it means, and most dreams are symbolic. Yeah. The, so it's it's they're not gonna. It's so that's why the dream interpretation comes into play. Like what certain things mean in a dream, what certain animals mean, what certain places mean, what water means, what fire, all these things. Okay. 
Okay, and does it depend on who interprets the dream? Like, oh, you mean a righteous person versus a? Let's say, like somebody's telling you about a dream, and you say, "Oh, this is what it means." Like, and you're just like, so, if you're well versed and you know what you're talking about, then yeah, it's fine. Then that's how the dream would. Happen. Yeah, there was a yeah. There there were there were rabbis that uh, you know in the, the Gemara that they used to go to people that weren't even Jewish. As far as I understand, Bahadia, I don't think it was a Jew, but I may be mistaken on that. But they brought the just regular people, and they asked, and they went and they did an interpretation. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's better to go to somebody who is, you know, Shomer Abri, you know, a tzaddik, and uh, you know, righteous. It's more, you know, a lot more powerful. Also, what he's going to, what he, what's going to come out from him. Good. Okay. So, the where were we oh so this guy goes over back to the story where this guy had a dream that he wasn't going to live out the year so he comes over to this uh, to this rabbi and he says so the, and, the, and he's very nervous and the rabbi says um, you know you have to you have to do chuba right this guy is completely not religious so you know he's like you know alright what do I have to do and you know big rabbis are not really you know like what do you mean you have to do the Torah what's the question you know they're thinking All right, let's do baby steps you know I'll do kosher for about six years, and then Friday night for Shabbat for just, you know, about four years. And eventually, when I'm 150, I'll probably keep the basics. Right? The rabbi said, no, 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 no. you got to keep everything. Right? And all of a sudden, they were becoming Italian mafias. They'd be like, rabbi, come on. Oh, everything is a lot of stuff. I can't do it. So the rabbi said, listen. He says, it's either all or nothing. I can't. You want to, you want to, I can't promise you anything. You want to do, you want to live? Chuba. Come chuba. He's going back and forth, and the rabbi wasn't budging. He was like, you have to do chuba. So he leaves, the, he leaves uh, you know, the rabbi. He's thinking, he's like, what am I supposed to do now? He's like, I don't want to die. So he calls over his wife, right? His secular wife, right? She picks up the phone and he's like, listen, honey, uh, we're doing chuva. He's like, well, Ishtagata, what, you went crazy? What do you mean chuva? Where's this coming from? So she, he's like, he, you know, he's like, no, we're doing chuva. We're becoming religious. All right? And then it becomes an Israeli, you know, yeah, fighting match. Like, what are you kidding me doing chuva? And he's screaming back, we have to do chuva. He's like, no, I'm not doing chuva. So you don't want to chuva, so I should die and you should get all my money? He's like, what are you talking about? So then he starts telling, explaining the whole situation. He's like, listen. He's like, I'm putting my foot down. We're doing chuva, right? And what happened? He did chuva. 100%. Zero to 100. Right? Everything changed in the, in the, in, in, for, for him. He was completely secular. He became completely religious. Completely. Now, you look at, you know, this story. This story, first of all, tells you that somebody should never say, I can't do it. It's too difficult. It's not possible. You know, I, it's not happening. I cannot do chuva. I can't. It's all, it's all hard. And that's 100% nonsense. Right? You could do anything you want. If you're saying that you can't do it, it means that you don't want to do it bad enough. If you want it bad enough, you'll do it. Right? Don't tell me, okay, modesty is so hard, kosher is so hard, Shabbat is so hard. It's not so hard, you just don't want it bad enough. If you would want it bad enough, it would be done. Right? Anything you can accomplish. So, here you see, you know, that now when people have these types of dreams, you know, they say, okay, you know, like I, somebody came over to me with a certain dream. doesn't matter what the dream was. And I said, you have to do chuva. And he was like negotiating with this chuva. And I'm like, listen, I'm not the writer of the book. You have to do chuva. That's what, it, you know, the thing is. You, there's, there's no back and forth. And he's like, I can't. I said, no, you could. You just don't want to. When you want to, you could. So it depends. Somebody that's, this is very important for everybody that's coming more religious. And even people that are religious 100% from birth, they could always increase it. And no one should ever say, I can't do anything. So the, um, now what happens if you have a good dream? Right? If you have a good dream, how, what should you do about it? Okay, and we're going to have to go a little bit fast because we have a few more minutes and I want to uh, accomplish also the nightmares. So, if you have a uh, good dream, what do you do if it's going to come to you? First of all, don't announce it to everybody. And be like, hey, I just had a dream and went to interpretation and I found that I'm getting married this year, so everybody go on a diet. Right? 
Don't say that. That is, you're starting announcing to the whole world, and it's not good, right? I just, I'm going to win the lottery, guys. I had the dream like six times. It's going to happen, right? So a lineup right now. You know, don't, it, when you, the more that you start telling it, the more that you have an opening for an evil eye, and the more that it's less likely that it will happen. Number two is pray. Pray that the good dream will come true. And number three is don't forget about the dream. Always remember it, right? Like Yaakov, you know, Yaakov, remember the dream. There is, um, now, how do you tell if, let's say, a dream is going to be delayed, right? You have a dream and you want to know. How do I know if it's going to come fast or it's going to come, you know, slower? It's going to come, uh, you know, in a few months, a few weeks, a few years. So there's a few ways to tell. Number one is, first of all, a righteous person is giving advance warning on his, uh, you know, of what's going to happen. Which means is he will give a lot more time. God will give a lot, lot more time to the righteous person than a wicked person. Let's say a wicked person gets a real dream. That, real, that dream is most likely going to happen soon. As opposed to a righteous person, God says, okay, you have time. Yeah, which means is, I love you so much. God loves everybody, but he says, you're, you're, you know, you're so careful and everything, you're getting more time. Which means, I'm going to give you the dream many years in advance, so you could prepare for it, for whatever the dream was. Additionally, and this is also why you see Paro's dream, right? The, what happened, I think it was a delay of uh, six months. The butlers, the butlers and the baker, or the, the winemaker, their dream, within three days, right? You have all these people, Yosef's dream, 22 years. You see the righteous people had the dream that it took a, it took a lot uh, longer for it to come true versus the wicked people was very quick. And Yaakov's dream? Yaakov's dream was, was basically, in, you know, generalized for the, you know, for the, um, you know, for the gula. It's, it's still in the process what with the, the ladder. Oh, mm-hmm. And the angel's going up and down. So, the, um, oh, so here's, here's, uh, there's also, I've also seen this, and you know, it's funny because I've only seen it here. I've never seen it in any other book. In Shlomo Al Mali's book, he says it also depends on what day of the week you dream. If you dream in the first four days, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, then the dream will quickly come to pass, either on the day of the dream or within three days. If you are seen on Thursday or Friday, it will not come to pass so quickly. It doesn't say the amount. But if they appear on Shabbos, then you'll know they'll be delayed. Right, and this is how he, he classifies them. That he says also, he says on Shabbos there's no delay. There is a delay. There's more delay. Yeah. Uh, additionally, if you see the dream very clearly, right, the more clear it is, the more uh, quickly it will become fulfilled. As opposed to the more blurrier and the more unclear it is, the more in the distant future it will be. Right? Uh, and the same idea is also in the you know how you remember it. If you dream multiple times, again and again and again, not only did we say before that it validates its veracity, how how real it is, but the more times you see it, the more sooner you know that's going to happen. The um, uh, there's also that if somebody has a certain dream and they tell you this, like, uh, whatever this dream, you have to come and put into fa- fact that in their life, does it make sense, right? A little kid has a dream that he's flying a plane, right? Even if it's a real dream, you know it's not happening. Maybe he's going to be a pilot when he grows up, but it's not happening in the next few years, right? He's seven years old, right? He's not, hopefully not flying a plane anytime soon, right? So you have to come into the, take, take all this into the factors. That's why Yosef, he knew that the, the kings, the, the Paro had a, was supposed to have a dream, had a party in three days. He knew all these things, so he put it all together and said, this could happen in three days, and that's why he gave them the, the interpretation of three days. The, okay, so now, in the next about 13 minutes that we have, I would like to, um, speak about bad dreams, nightmares. Any questions so far? No? Okay, good. So, um, there are certain dreams that are, that are, that are bad. The Torah says that are bad. Now, people are very mistaken, and we'll see that next class, is where they think certain dreams are good, are really bad, and they think certain dr- bad dreams are really good. So one of the things is, for example, if let's say you see a tooth fall out. If you see a tooth falls out, that's a very bad sign. Right? It's not a good sign at all, and some people even fast for that. And also, more so, 
there is, um, uh, first of all, this is, again, you wouldn't go to a dentist, right? And now if I just told you that that's such a bad sign and the whole ride home you're thinking about, okay, I'm not going to dream my teeth well, I'm not going to dream my teeth well, not, and then you dream your teeth well, you don't have anything to worry about because that's what you're thinking about all day. But if, let's say, you, are, you aren't in a dentist, right, and you aren't doing your white strips and you aren't doing anything that's associated with teeth and you're completely, and you have this type of dream, it's not a good sign, right? Um, just randomly falls out. Like, yeah, you're in the dream and it just pops out. Oh. There's a, yeah, like falls out in, in the dream. Oh, so that's uh, yeah. So that so it depends. So that's a, that it comes into the fact of what happens if somebody else has a bad dream about you, right? I don't know if we'll get to that. Um, maybe next week I'll speak about it a little bit because there's a lot of alachot in that. So the um, okay. So now people think that bad dreams are really bad, but in essence they are really good. Why? Because well, first of all, what does a tooth fallout represent? I'll give you one tip for next, uh, the next thing in the interpretation. Uh, a tooth that falls out is usually a death of a family member, right? So that's why it's considered not a, not a good sign. So if, if they're showing this to you, why are they showing this to you? Be like, hey, start freaking out right now, right? And enjoy the rest of the day, right? There's a reason why they're giving you a bad dream, right? Why? Because you could do something about it. If you cannot do anything about it, then they wouldn't give you the bad dream. So in essence, a bad dream is really good. Because it's telling you what's going to happen in the future, and it tells you that you could change about it, right? How do you change it? That's what we're going to speak about now. And also, obviously, the main thing is chuba. Main thing is chuba. That's how it changes it. So, the um, there is the Khatam Sofel says that if let's say someone has a bad dream, is really nervous about it, right? And it's in the symbolic form. He should fulfill it in a certain way. So, for example, if let's say somebody had a dream that the door uh, of the house fell off, right? And this is uh, the one of the re- one of the interpretations of it is that the wife dies. If a man has this type of dream, he's really nervous, right? Hopefully he's not happy, right? He's really nervous about this dream. So what he does is, is he literally takes the door off the hinges, takes it off for a second, and puts it back on. So he sort of fulfilled it in a certain way, right? So the same idea went with this, so once somebody that cursed a big rabbi, uh, a witch, like a whatever, cursed a big rabbi. And when, then what she did, what she, uh, and then what you know, the, the rabbi did, what was the curse? The curse says is that your t- chair should be turned over, right? Who did curse Rafuna? He says, yeah, your chair should be upside down. It's a symbolic thing for mourning. If you ever notice that you go to a shiva house, people sit in a very low chair, right? Symbolic of the chair upside down. So she cursed him and says, you should sit in a chair that's upside down. So he wasn't nervous about it. He went home. He turned his chair upside down for a second, sat in it for a second, got up, and he says, fulfilled. You know, it's done. So that's something that you can do also if you have a certain bad dream. Now, I'm not saying pull out your tooth if you have a, you know, like, oh, that's done, right? And have four years, you know, like, you know, no teeth like on the side over here. Huh? Just put the chair upside down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, okay, so, so the, um, now what to do if you, how do you remove a bad dream? How do you go and, and, uh, remove a, uh, bad dream? If you have a bad dream and you don't want it to come true, how do you get rid of it? So, uh, number one is fasting, right? The, you actually, fast, fasting is very good for a bad dream. We're gonna speak about it too. I'm gonna tell you for, you know, let's go, let's speak about each one in particular. Fasting, is, is not only is, is, are you allowed to fast and you should fast for a bad dream, even on Shabbat. Shabbat, you're not allowed to fast for anything. But for a bad dream, let's say you had a bad dream Friday night, you could fast all Shabbat. 24 hours? No, no, no. Till, till the night. Till, till sun, till sun, uh, till the stars come out. So, if, and then now, not only that, now there's a problem, because you're not allowed to fast on Shabbat, because you have to enjoy Shabbat. Right? So this is also, yeah, so, but this is also, it's like, when can you fast? Only if it's an enjoyment for you to fast, which means there's a dream bothers you so much, and you really, really want to do something about it. You're so sick to your stomach, and the only thing that you're going to enjoy is by fasting, because then you know that you're doing something about it. So the fact that fasting is enjoyment for you. This is on Shabbat, as opposed to during the week. So that, that type of, that type of, a person could fast on Shabbat. However, now they have a problem because they fasted on Shabbat. So how do they make it up? They have to go and now fast another day in the week to make up for the fast on Shabbat. 
<laughs> and halacha is usually it's that should, should be Sunday. But if you can't do back to back, so then you just uh, you do it during the uh, different day of the week. You fast on Shabbat and then you fast on the. You fast, yeah, you fast on again on the other. Now fasting itself doesn't help. Fasting itself doesn't do anything. You, if you're fasting, you, the point is for tshuva, right? If you bring a koban, you bring a sacrifice, and you don't do tshuva, it doesn't do anything, right? The whole point is introspection, right? That's why the people that go nowadays and they fast, and what do they do all day? They watch like four movies because they can't, they can't move, they can't do anything because their stomach is growling because they haven't eaten, you know, in like six hours, right? So what you're, the whole point of a fast is for introspection, to see, okay, what do I need to change about myself? And you're, you're correcting yourself. That is the main purpose of a fast. The main purpose is to change yourself, to do tshuva. So, the, um, so that's idea. That, that's what has to be done in, in a fast. Now, um, very briefly, if you, let's say you, you have a dream in the middle of the day. You take a nap in the day. What does that mean? So during the week, you don't have to worry about it. On Shabbat, if it's a bad dream, you could fast for the remaining of, of Shabbat. So if let's say you fell asleep at uh, 1 and you woke up at 2 with a bad dream, you fast until sunset. And then this, until, I'm sorry, until the stars come out. And then uh, you break the fast. And then again, you make it up the same way. Right? I'm going a little bit fast, but I think that's pretty clear. Um, what types of dream you have to fast for? What are bad dreams that you do have to fast for? So, I'll give you some of them that Shukhan brings down. If you see a Sefer Torah or Tefillin being burnt, you see them being burnt on fire, that's a bad sign, that's a bad dream, and you, you need to fast. And again, there's other things that you can do if you don't want to fast, and you can't fast, and we're going to speak about that. If you see yourself on Yom Kippur at Ne'ilah, which means is you see yourself on the, on the holiest day of the year, you see yourself fasting, you see yourself praying. That's not a good sign. Why is it not a good sign? Because what happens on Yom Kippur? You get forgiven for your sins. Now, if they show you in a dream that you are, you're getting forgiven for your sins, that means that you are in need of getting forgiven for your sins, which is not a good sign. This is the same idea as why somebody, if somebody, if you, if you're in the dream and you see yourself in the chupa, getting under the actual, getting actually married is also not a good sign. Why is it not a good sign? Because somebody who gets married also, one of the things is it's the, you know, you, you get all your sins erased, right? Which is a whole class in itself. It's not just magic. You get married five times, you just erase everything. <laughs> right? It doesn't work that way. But there's obviously this. But the idea is, is that if they're showing you that to you, that means that you have a need to get your sins erased, which is not a good sign. Next is if you see the rafters or the uh, the ceiling of your house fall down. Right. This is also this is also not a good sign, and you should also uh, um, fast for that. Okay. And there's other ones, but uh, maybe we'll speak about that next week. Right. And the teeth falling down also. Some people also fast for that. So the the that's one thing that you could do is you could fast, right? The next thing that you could do is is in Birkat Kohanim in the you know when you go to the to the synagogue and uh, you know during certain parts of the prayer the Kohanim go and they make a blessing for all the entire uh, congregation. During that part in certain holidays you're able to say in the in the you're able to say uh, you know things that are actually annulment of the it annuls the the you got on you got, you're on the Hmm. Now you can get like 500 emails on Shidduchim from Torah and <laughs> So, no, no, it's not a problem. I don't care. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so now. <laughs> no, no, you're good, you're good. Yeah, it's not that wide view. No, no, it's fine. I don't, it's up to you. Um, now, so, so there is a, um, <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Alright, so, so, Bekat Kwanim. Yeah, but Katwanim, there's a thing that you could actually say for bad dreams. For bad dreams, and in all bad dreams, it's safe to come true. Yeah. If the Kwanim there, yeah, it's not, yeah, you have to do what in the synagogue also. So. In Spartak shul, they do it. Yeah, they do more often. Yeah, but I don't know if they do the actual, they say that actual prayer or not. Inside. They say the Katwanim every, they say it all, you know, every day, but the question is they don't say every time that prayer. Yeah. 
I know Ashkenaz they do that. I'm not sure about Svaldim. I think they only they don't say it on the weekday. Maybe I don't know when they when they have to look that up. But that's one thing. First of all, what is what it? Do you say during that time? It's a, there's a certain prayer in the prayer book, and you say it in all the prayer in all the dreams. You just say you the say that there's in no 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 in the prayer book you see in the Bikat Kwanim there's a certain paragraph that you say when they start singing, and that's the part that you say. Okay, so now it also says in Shia Shalim chapter three verse seven and a few more minutes I have right like four okay yeah, yeah, yeah. so. Because I want to finish, I want to finish this. Oh, we're almost done, really almost done. The Bekat Konim, it says, he named it, uh, he named it, uh, not Bekat Konim. Uh, yeah, Bekat Konim, sorry. He named it, Mitratso, Sheshlomo Shishim Giborim, Savim Lemik Bara Yisrael. Some, one of the things that we say when we go to sleep at night in Kriyach Malamita is Solomon, you know, King Solomon, he had 60 mighty warriors sitting around holding their swords for fear of the night, right? That's what it says in the Pasuk. Now, what does that mean? This is one of the, the explanations, what was they so scared about? They were scared about dreams. Right? And it's interesting, why 60? Why the specific number of 60? And it's also interesting that 60 is also the amount of letters in Birkat Kwanim. So there's something to do with 60 over here, right? And there's also, we said that what's dream? Dream is 160th of prophecy. So you're taking all the 60th and you, this is how you're annulling it. Through these, uh, through these things. There's something else that you can do is Hatavat Chalom. Hatavat Chalom, if someone has a bad dream, what you do is, is that you sit down and you have three men that are, or, or you send, let's say, your husband or whatever it is, that you have three, uh, men that are standing up and there's like a small prayer back and forth. You don't have to tell them the dream, but you, you, it's like, a, it's called Hatavat Chalom, it's in the prayer book. You say like a certain a line, they say a certain line, it's basically an annulment of the, of the dream. Where's that? It's in the prayer book. And it's called Hatavat Chalom. Hatavat Chalom. Now, um, the, the main thing now, what a person should do, first of all, let's speak about, before we do that, let's speak about how to prevent bad dreams, right? People that have nightmares, and then uh, we'll, we'll summarize quickly. Number one, if somebody has, and, and I've had many people that come to me that they have dreams, like scary, scary dreams, like, like demons, dreams, and, they're, and, they're, they get, and they, they're freaked out. They're like, what am I supposed to do? So here are some tips of what you should do to, if, if you have bad dreams, or even if you don't have bad dreams, but you want to have good dreams, and it's always good to do. No, 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 that's, we're not talking about if you dreamt yet. We're talking about before. Preparation of not to have good dreams. Number one, before you go to sleep, say Shema Alamita. Kriyat Shema Alamita, which is the bedtime Shema, before you go to sleep. In the morning, make sure you wash your hands. It's very important. Wash your hands six times alternating, right? Three in each, three in each uh, um, uh, side. And the next thing is don't stress too much. People obsess about dreams and their entire day is ruined, right? All day they're thinking about these things and they completely, that's very bad because it's going to make you dream it again. Number one is because you're thinking about it all day, right? So you're not supposed to, don't stress about it. And also, this is also very important when it comes to little kids, the, you know, little kids that have bad dreams. I have people that call me up that had little, you know, kids that had like scary dreams and their mommy is dying and this is happening and this is the, and like really, really scary dreams. So first, the first thing that I tell them to do is besides like all the, you know, like, you know, saying all these prayers, number one is stop letting the kid watch all these movies, right? That's the number one thing that you should do. Kids, you don't have to, you have to understand that kids take everything very real. They see cartoon, they see it real, right? You ever realize, I don't know if I spoke about this over here, but kids don't understand sarcasm, right? I thought my, you know, you have your son, right? And he is, you know, you're, you're, you're going on a plane like to like, let's say Israel, right? You're definitely going, right? You're, you paid like thousands of dollars to go, and then the kid is not cleaning up his room, and what do you say? We're not going until you clean up the room. Well, guess what? If he's not going to clean up the room, you're going to go anyways, right? But they don't understand that. They say you're not going, so they're like, they think they're not going. They, they take everything very seriously. They don't understand sarcasm. They show them, well, Rabbi, it's just cartoons. Well, just cartoons are probably even worse because cartoons are, people are falling from like buildings and they just like, you know, they get up and they do this and the little dust flies off and then they just walk, right? And you have a, you know, the cat chases a mouse, Right? And the, the entire show is them trying to kill each other. Uh, nice, uh, you know, it ends off with a nice little tune. And, you know, 
Good night. Right? And then you send the kid to bed. And what do the kids see? A cat smashing over a mouse. A mouse is setting up all these traps, uh, you know, doing all these crazy things. I know I'm talking about old. I don't know what's going on nowadays. I'm talking about Ben and Jerry, whatever it's called. Tom and Jerry. Ben and Jerry's ice cream. (laughs) So... So, also can have nightmares if you drink a lot of that. So, um, but the, the idea is, the idea is, is that, is that you put all this nonsense in them, it's gonna make you have bad dreams. You know, stop letting them watch it. I told this guy, like, maybe we could do something else, you know. Why is he wanted yeah, Free babysitting, it's very easy. Just pop a kid in front of the TV. Yeah, enjoy. Let the TV raise you, right? Four hours a day, you go watch whatever it is that the, you know, the nonsense are gonna put in your, in your brain. So, that's number one. Now, for adults, there's some adults that they enjoy scary movies, right? Which is also completely, you know, like, what, stop. You don't want to have bad dreams. Stop. Stop watching movies in general because it's not good in, in, in general. But I'm saying you have all, watching all these horror stuff, obviously you're not going to have good dreams. So that's also very important in order to stop uh, um, to having all these, uh, these types of nightmares. Now, let's say somebody had this type of nightmare. So what I always usually say is, if, let's say you're not sure. Is it bad or is it not? The best thing that you could do, and it's a win-win situation on all sides, is do some chuva. Do something. Take upon something upon yourself. Something. Take upon something that you could deal with. Take upon something that you could handle, and and stick to it. And say, listen, the thing that happened should turn from a bad dream to a good dream. And you know, I'm you know now I'm going to be extra whatever. And you take upon yourself a extra kosher, making a blessing, more modest, whatever it is that you need, you know that you need to do. And additionally, is if let's say you you really want to fast, but you can't fast. What you could also do is is redeem that with money. How much money would have cost you to eat that day? You could put that into charity. Right, and then obviously that has to come association with chuva, with repentance, and that's a, the you know bad dreams that they come. They're obviously telling you something. What are they telling you? Wake up! I'm telling you this thing in the dream. Why? So that you should wake up and you should change yourself. If you do that, Bezalel Hashem, you don't have anything to worry about in the in the dreams. Any questions? Yeah. Um, I heard if you have a bad dream, you can also light a candle and in the morning. Could be. I've never really. Um, it's possible, but I've never seen that. I've written anywhere inside. What is the candle going to do? I don't know. Uh, so I'm not, for, I'm, not, I'm not familiar. It's possible. It's possible, but I haven't seen that inside. For past, for people that pass away, yes, they they do they do in the dream. Like if you have a bad dream, like you lost your hand running water, you say it and you change the ending to something positive. Where do you? Is that like? A, my mom, uh, when, when she has... Oh, really? So some of these things... So the, right, so the, these, this is where you you're, might be borderline on superstition stuff. So there's things that are real, and then there's things that people make up to make them feel better. I don't know. This could be real. This could be real, because washing your hands is a, is an important thing also. That also, yeah. You're also supposed to wash your hands also after this. Yeah, washing hands is very important in, in you know, Allah. There's a bunch of places that you have to wash your hands. do it fakely, the fact that they think it's going to Psychologically, it'll help them. Yeah. Doesn't necessarily mean that it actually will help. It's like saying, like, this is not poison, this is not poison, this is not poison. <laughs> it didn't change, right? Well, Baruch Hashem, I hope it's not poison, right? We'll report it for me. <laughs> it's on camera. So, uh, um, but, but the idea is, is that there are certain things that, yes, it does work, and it's called a placebo effect, and, you know, that people actually use it, and, and it, it actually works, right? You, you give someone a pill, and what it is is a vitamin C. When I was, uh, when I was, uh, younger, um, maybe I was like seven, eight, so my, my, I was in Israel for a certain fast day, and my sister bought for my younger brother a certain pill that helps fast. I don't know if it does or doesn't help fast, right? And I was like, wait, I want one also. So, and she didn't have one. So she went and she just took a random vitamin, and she gave it to me. And I took it, and I was like, oh, this is amazing. It helps so good. I'm fasting so good. It's all placebo. It's all in your mind. So it's very possible all these things are very on your mind. But what I'm telling you is not only mine, it's real. It's a lot. So, um... It's possible that it's real, but I've never heard of it. I've never seen it. So one is Teshuvah, two Tzedakah, and three? Teshuvah again. 
and four chuva and five chuva and six chuva and seven chuva. Chuva is the main thing. Chuva is the main thing. All right, you got to repent. There's obviously they're sending you bad signs for a reason, right? Bad things happen for a reason. Sending bad signs, also, everything for a reason. The main reason is is wake up, do something. You know, it's it's basically someone has uh uh you know you're driving this like go kart and there's uh you know you're driving a regular car and they have these bumps on the on the side of the road on the highways. If you know if you ever you veer a little bit too much, it's like, you know, the whole car like start taking. You know, you know what I'm talking about on the highway. So uh you know. What do you do? Like if you so you're falling asleep, you're doing about oh, but let me turn a little bit more off, so I'll be in between those. No, you fix yourself, put yourself back on the straight line, and that's how you're gonna fix it. These are the same thing: bad dreams, suffering, all these certain things that happen. They're happening for a reason, all to get you back on the right path. That's the simplest and and, and the most truest answer that you could have. How about bad dreams on Shabbat? They mean the same as the weekend. So again, if it's more, it's one of the signs that's being more real on Shabbat. Or well, even if it's bad. So- most likely will happen. Yeah, Shabbat is more likely to be real. So, in that case, you should fast. Fasting nowadays, um, you know, most people can't usually handle it. If somebody could handle it, then by all means. Um, but, you know, the other things are just as, you know, important. If you could handle it, fine. If people are fast, it's much better. The chuvah part is the most important part, right? Mm-hmm. Fasting is also, it's extremely important, and it helps. The, the, the Torah speaks about it. But uh, the best thing is if you have a, such a bad dream that you're really con- contemplating fasting, it's always good to go to a rabbi and say, what should I do? Because it's very possible it's a good dream. You don't, just don't know. In which case you said it's okay to fast on Shabbat because of the bad dream? If, you, if it's an onik for you, which means it's if you're going to enjoy the fasting. But then you're going to have to fast. You have to make it up. Mm-hmm. Any other questions? Good. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.